Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Brendan Kilcoyne coming to you from Athen Rye. I am, in my cowardly way, dancing around something that I feel obliged to at least refer to. I did in my sermons this weekend. And I don't want to. I've already listened to Matt Frad talk about it a few days ago. He said he didn't want to talk about it. I've listened to one or two others. It's upsetting a lot of very, very faithful people who are doing great work. And it's upsetting the likes of me as well. And I'm going to talk about a man who I think is full of love. He is full of love. And that's our Holy Father, Pope Francis. When I say, you know, we should love God, you, you should love the church because God has given us the church. You're going to really laugh, if not get mad with me at this, but the church is the real passion wagon. Sometimes I use the metaphor of a lifeboat. None of these are, are original, but I have to admit, I haven't heard the church called a passion wagon lately. The church careers through history with daisies painted on the outside. It's as daft as a brush. And I'm not diminishing the darkness that's in our history either, because we have often betrayed the God we love. I told you this is a rocky road. You want to read the history of the church, you'll see how rocky it gets. The love of God and the love of neighbour. I think a tremendous example of pastoral love is the Holy Father. He started his pontificate with that, or very soon after he began it, with that tremendous image used towards priests that they, we should have the smell of the flock, of the sheep. Now, I grew up, my parents had a shop in a farming community, and you knew what work our neighbours had been at that morning sometimes by the smell when they came into the shop, and that wasn't their fault. These were working farmers. They were very, very hard-working, busy people. But was it silage, or was it this, or was it that? And you could tell. And he's saying, that's what a priest, a priest should have the smell of the sheep, should be in the middle of his people. A wonderful, wonderful example of love. When he was elected, and soon after he talked, a priest friend of mine who has tremendous devotion to the Holy Father, whoever he is, he just said, and I remember he said it quite sadly, he said, I think he'll do great work, but he said, I, I hope to God he doesn't get too badly hurt. And uh, I, I think if the Pope has made mistakes, and look, some people think the Pope is infallible in everything. That's a load of garbage. The Pope isn't infallible in everything. There are very serious conditions for the exercise of infallibility. He must be speaking ex cathedra, that's from the chair of Peter. It must be intentionally, deliberately, he's speaking on faith and morals, and with the intention, the expressed intention, of defining something infallibly for all time. And that's just the crudest look at it. So that's been used very rarely. And, th and then you have what's called the ordinary magisterium. The magisterium is the teaching office of the church. The supreme magisterium is the pope or the pope of the bishops of the world. And then, then you have the ordinary magisterium. And the ordinary magisterium is where the pope exercises through teaching documents, encyclicals and what you will. And in all of his documents, the Holy Father has, on one particular issue, which is hugely contentious now, he has been very, very clear that of, uh, put it very, very simplistically, gay marriage. And of course, that came up in our referendum here. And there's been a huge controversy lately over his calling for basically not gay marriage, which he opposed as Archbishop of Buenos Aires, but the compromise he proposed in Buenos Aires has, has come up again and he has referred to it as Pope in a documentary made about him. Now, I think actually, I think the footage of his reference to it actually was taken from an earlier talk it's in Spanish. But anyway, he says um, what we need is a law for civil unions. The civil unions, they're not the same as gay marriage for civil unions, but it's not that, I mean, what the Pope is proposing in that is just that gay people not be pushed out. He has a huge thing about exclusion. It's a very beautiful thing in him. 
is that he hates exclusion. He hates people being pushed out. He's very afraid of Phariseeism. He's very afraid of our being Gnostic. We're the sweet selected few. The rest of you be damned. There's room enough in hell for you. We won't have heaven crammed. I think that was a jingle in the Methodist prayer book, maybe back in the 19th century. I'm open to correction on that. So it's a lovely jingle. It says so much. And he doesn't want the church to be simply the sweet selected few, but to be, as he has said, an armed camp, a field hospital, going forth as the morning, rising fair as the moon, bright as the sun, terrible as an army set in battle array, that the church is actively proclaiming the kingdom, evangelical. It's a wonderful call. He has basically called on us, sell our cloaks for swords, so to speak. And he has repeatedly called for that. Don't take refuge in a maintenance approach to apostles. Don't just be maintenance-minded. Don't be obsessed with preservation. The church will be preserved through being active in evangelization. Fantastic stuff. Now, one problem is that a a part of his inimitable style, you know, his fantastic style, is is that he loves informal chats. And maybe, you know, that's very much open to abuse by the press and by the media. So what the Pope has called for here is, 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 I suppose, some form of civil protection for gay people living in these unions. You see, the huge problem with that was that one of the arguments we were using in the gay marriage referendum, one of the arguments we were using is, well, you already have unions, so what are you asking for marriage for now? And, and the gay lobby were quite reasonably able to say back to us, well, we wouldn't have had the unions either if you'd anything to do with it, and they had a point there. See, there's a problem with our supporting unions. There's no problem with our supporting legal protection for gay people, but there's a problem with our supporting unions in that what are we going along with unions that basically we consider sinful? So there's a huge problem here. Now, I I don't know how you bring this up without being described as a gay-bashing fascist like. I'm not a fascist. I'm a Catholic. And I'm not a gay-basher. I don't bash anyone. I'm a broken, sinful man. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not bashing anyone. I'm just saying, like, we cannot love our neighbour without first regarding the love of God. And the love of God means obeying his commandments, as Christ told us. If you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And my Father will love you. I don't see a way around this. There are so many fantastic people who are gay, probably far more than we know. As the church itself has said, the number is not negligible. I think that's in the catechism, I can't remember. But as the Catechism states, as the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith has repeatedly clarified, we cannot go along with sexual activity outside marriage, for a start. Married people living in sin. I've refused really nice people. I've refused to go and bless their houses because they were living in sin because they were living there together and they weren't married. I said, I'll bless you, I'll bless you. I'll bless the two of you, but I won't bless your union because you're not married before God and I can't bless it. I can't bless it, and I can't bless the house either, because that implies a blessing of the union. I bless the house you're sharing. And you can say back, well, you know, what if a gay couple, well, they live together as two brothers or two sisters, right? I mean, what about that? Because heterosexual people can do that. They can live together as brother or sister. Yeah, but the church always says, be careful that scandal is not given. You must make it crystal clear to people that you're giving your word that you're living together as two brothers, that you're living chastely. Otherwise, we're back in a problem again. And it's very difficult to share a house. I mean, even I know this. It's very difficult to share a house if you're attracted to somebody. Sharing a house is imprudent if you're not married to them. It's imprudent. As married people will tell you, just because they're married doesn't mean they don't find other people attractive. So they have to be prudent about that. 
you know, you have to have the eye of love, an eye of true godly love, of Christian love, the eye that sees everything, the winter light that sees the flaws in the glass. And But unlike the winter light, it still loves. It sees all through love. We love our neighbour in the light of love of God, and God loves our neighbour. So who are we? The problem here is that the Pope is so full of love, and he expresses it informally, and he's so trusting, and he's often misunderstood. Now that's what I'm presuming there, that he has been misunderstood. Let's put it this way. On this path, in this life, you trust God, you trust Christ, you trust the church, you trust the scriptures, you trust the tradition of the church, you trust the teachings of the church, you trust the magisterium of the church. But the leaders of the church may make mistakes. They may even say things that are doctrinally or pastorally dodgy. They may say them. Or they may simply say things in good faith that are misinterpreted. And in fairness, I see him being misinterpreted on a huge scale on this. It's happening all over the place. Just Google YouTube, see them all there. ABC, I think CNN, all of them. Father James Martin has come out and said, well, now bishops all over the world are going, who oppose this are going to have to reevaluate. But I bad news for Father Martin, like, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, the teaching of the church is clear. And that informs conscience. I love the Holy Father. You can't be a Catholic and, and not be loyal to the Pope. I love the Holy Father. He's a wonderful Pope, but we all have maybe our faults. We all have our sensitive points and we all have a weakness and maybe it's a weakness in his that is full of love and with this great hatred of exclusion. Sometimes he will say things that are picked up the wrong way. There's a character in one of the Cormac McCarthy novels. If you haven't come across the American writer Cormac McCarthy, you really should. And it's uh, All the Pretty Horses, which was made into a very good film with Matt Damon. And there's a character in it, he, like Yeats, he will often use these humble, obscure people to say things. And there's a character in it, I think it's a Mexican campesino. He's just musing on what happens when a boy loses his father. Now, I lost my father when I was young, so I identify with this a lot. And he says, the great problem about it, he says, you see, is that, is that now the boy is left with a frozen God. He doesn't get to get to know his father. He doesn't get to get him to see him grow old. He doesn't come to realise, you know, that he doesn't know everything and that sometimes he makes mistakes. But also, even without mistakes or anything like that, he doesn't come to see him become vulnerable, become fragile. And in a sense, he cheats. His son is cheated by his father. He's left with this frozen God. That's not the father's fault, but it's the way it is. I can identify hugely with, with that. In a sense, with something like that, I feel even closer to the Holy Father. Now, he mightn't appreciate, he might see it as patronising and presumptuous, but he has called on people to let him know if they don't agree with him. You can't disagree with the Holy Father in the exercise of his teaching office where he's teaching with the ordinary magisterium. Well, that takes it into a different league entirely, even if it's not an infallible definition. It requires, as the Catechism tells us, religious assent, which is still very, very important. But, I mean, if you were to disagree with him, you'd need to have you'd need to have your ducks in a row, that's for sure. But he can make mistakes. You know, he could make a misjudgment. That could happen. And I feel all the closer to him because of this. We're seeing him get old, as we saw John Paul get old. We're seeing a very gifted man get old. And we're seeing him at the mercy, as we saw Benedict in another context. Do you remember that comment about the Byzantine emperor that got him into such trouble with the Muslim world? You know, you see where things happen. And it doesn't always go well. And so I feel even closer to him. I feel protective of him. Uh, I feel I appreciate him even more.
But I feel that we have to say on the ground, we who, who try to serve the sheep, we have to say on the ground, we have to reiterate where there's a lot of misinterpretation going on, we have to reiterate the church's teaching. And we're not gay bashing. I freely acknowledge the part we played in the past. And I think in a very cowardly way often, we just went along with the vulgar prejudices that existed in society. And I heard priests talking like that, and more shame to them. No. But more shame to us if we go the other extreme now. And we're starting to tell people who are drinking poison, oh, have a good sup there. That'll do you good. If you commit sin, it, it pushes you away from God. I'm not pushing anyone out of the family. The Pope has said they have to have a family. They have to be in the family. Absolutely right. He's dead right. They have to be in the family. And I'm not pushing them out. But I'm saying the sexual acts outside of marriage, I'm saying this to myself and to you, sexual acts outside of marriage are sinful. And depending on how they're consented to or whatever, they may be mortally sinful. The matter is grave. I'm saying that sexual acts between two men or two women are sinful. And there's nothing I can do about that. This is what it is. So if you're a Catholic, if you have taken on board, if you have this infection of the love of God, the love of neighbour, if you have taken this on board, if you have that eye that is cursed with sight, then you must, well, I say cursed ironically, it's blessed with sight, but it feels like a curse often, then sometimes you have to speak out. You have to say, no, that's the path. If you go off to that side, you'll fall off. You'll get lost. This is the path. And if you go off, we'll still love you, but will we be able to get you back? You know, as I said, what when the lost sheep tells you to blank off? Let's pull this together. Okay, and I'm going to end this with a prayer for the Holy Father this time, because I love the Holy Father, and you love the Holy Father, and God bless our Pope. We want God to protect our Pope, to give him long life, to lead us and to, and to inspire us and to instruct us. And if this is being misinterpreted, then God forgive us all our laziness and our stupidity. And if it's not being misinterpreted, then, you know, some sort of a mistake was made. And hey, Pope is a man. People make mistakes. I don't see any point for people to start running around shouting that the ship is sinking. The ship's been sinking for 2,000 years. Calm down. There's no need to head for the lifeboats just yet. Now, if you want to get into the passion wagon, so to speak, love and do what you will and all the rest of it, I can't stop you. I believe we have the passion wagon. Love. But love as the church instructs us what love means. Love passionately, love intelligently, love rationally and passionately all at the same time as God loves. Love like that. Yes, love like that. Love with God's help, God's grace, like that, like him. Love and do what you will. St. Brendan, pray for us. And a prayer for the Holy Father, great Marian spirituality. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Catherine of Siena. Pray for the Holy Father and ask God to protect him always. Amen. <laughs>